of Oakland, California, epic recording artist, Tower of Power. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, hit it. Hello and welcome to the Path to Pro Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Tommy Hodel. On today's show, we'll be joined by five-time MLS Cup champion, 2011 MLS Best 11 left back, and current Sac Republic GM, Todd Dunnivan. So let's get right into it. I'm now happy to be joined on the phone by Todd Dunnivan. Todd, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. We start by uh, taking taking us back into your life in soccer, growing up in Colorado. What was your first experience in the game? And I know you won two state titles in high school, but what first got you into soccer? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I, I grew up with two older siblings, an older brother, older sister that were six years and five years older than me. Um, and so I kind of just followed in their footsteps. Everything they did, I sort of did. My brother was the big soccer player, and um, all I, you know, we were a really competitive household, and we we competed in everything, whether it was uh, who could eat more mashed potatoes at dinner, who could, uh, you know, on a on a road trip, who could be the first into, you know, the neighboring state. Uh, we competed in everything. So the fact that he played soccer meant I wanted to play soccer and I wanted to beat him at it. Um, I never did because he was he was so much bigger and better and stronger and all of those things. But it it was uh, it was good being kind of the little runt and getting beat up on a lot. You know, by my older older siblings, I feel like it made me a little bit tougher, a little bit stronger. Um, it gave me a little bit of an edge. So, you know, I got to got to follow in their footsteps, and then you know, kind of grew up in in the the, the Colorado Rush system. Um, you know, had great coaching, some some really good teammates. Um, you know, and and really enjoyed the club game. I mean, it was it was a different setup back then, but uh, you know, it was it was kind of where I really developed into a player and a competitor. And, um, those are some really good memories. You told me once that you still kind of play a role, I guess, on the board of Colorado rush. Um, why is that so important to you? I guess, to still be involved with youth academies. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where the game starts, right? Like players come from, from the grassroots and that's where it all starts. So if you, if you can improve that and, you know, make that, uh, a, a, a better place for players to be, not just for the top end guys, but for everybody. You know, how does everyone fit into that landscape? And everyone's got a different path, but how do you kind of how do you help everyone along the way? And that's one of the things with the rush. You know, we have countless. We have a, a lot of clubs. There's, I think, we have clubs in over 37 states. Um, you know double-digit countries. Uh, it's a big project, and it's uh, something I've really enjoyed working on with Tim Schultz, and um, it's, it's been a, you know, it's got a big footprint, so there's a lot that you can affect there. Uh, so I've always, you know, wanted to get back on that front, and the rush gave a lot to me, and so I've tried to get back every chance I've been able to. You then went on to attend college soccer at Stanford University. Was that decision based purely on soccer, or was that more for academics? Yeah, I mean it was both. I, I honestly I didn't know I didn't know if I'd be able to be a pro soccer player. I didn't really, you know, know that until after my sophomore season. So for me it was it was sort of, you know, kinda of hedge your bets and I didn't know a ton about Stanford either, quite honestly, until, you know, probably my freshman year of, of high school. 
And I, you know, being a Colorado guy, I found out John Elway went there, and I was like, well, that's not half bad. He's he's kind of the hero in Colorado, and started looking into it a little bit more, and um, you know, realized it did have great academics, it did have great athletics, and for me, that was a perfect combination. And um, it ended up being the only school I I applied to. Maybe not the best uh, strategy, but it it worked out. Um, you know, and I it was a there was a great coach there at the time that recruited me, Bobby Clark. Um, who was kind of a father figure in college for me and just a wonderful, wonderful coach. I mean, uh, on so many levels, you'd be hard-pressed to ever hear a bad word about Bobby. He's 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 the godfather of college soccer, in, in my opinion, and he's, he's, you know, he just retired from Notre Dame, and he, he had a big imprint on me, and, and he's the one that actually converted me from an attacking player to uh, an outside back. And, you know, that was that, that was... After my freshman year, I played about half the game, or about half the time, and he, he pulled me into the office. We, we lost both of our uh, outside backs to, to graduation, and he said, look, you can play you know, next year. You can play every minute, 90 minutes, at that outside back, at left back, or you could play 45 minutes at, at midfield. You know, what do you, what do you want? And at the time, it was, you know, felt like a demotion, and it felt like, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a punch um but that was you know the more i thought about it the more i kind of embraced it it was the best thing that could have happened to me and i, I ended up having a really good sophomore season we had a really good team um with a lot of kind of future pros and that's when i first got noticed by mls scouts uh specifically on the west coast with with the earthquakes with the galaxy um and that that was really when i knew that there was a a future for me in the game and that point you know there was no looking back just to tangent a little bit off of your playing career specifically to talk about the stanford program how impressed are you with what jeremy gunn's been able to build over the last three four years yeah you, I, I can't say enough i mean it's um he's come in in a very short amount of time i think he won his first championship and i think it was four years if i'm if i'm not mistaken uh and then he did it again after graduating Jordan Morris, uh, Brandon Vincent, two top, you know, top three picks in the whole thing, uh, you know, incredible players. And he went out and did it again in sort of a rebuilding year is what they were kind of calling it. And and then you win it twice and now you come back and the, you know, they were even stronger the third year and to do that in a tournament format where you, you know, it's granite, you know, I think people, you know, I can say, oh, it's a one-off and anything can happen. But look at how many shootouts they won in those times. Look at how many close games they won. It was a, that was a tough, Jeremy Gunn has tough, mentally strong teams and they will outlast you. And that's what they've done year after year after year. And to win three in a row in this kind of modern era, um, yeah, it's unthinkable. It's incredible what what he's done. Yeah, absolutely. And then, one more thing before you turn pro, but when we met, um, when you were working with the Deltas, you told me about an Open Cup game at Nago Esco in San Francisco that was kind of the moment uh, you realized that you wanted to be a professional. Can you share that memory with our audience, what you remember from that game? Yeah, it was it, to, still to this day, it was probably the most impactful, coolest environment I ever was in uh, to this day. And I've been in big stadiums and played in big games and that still stands out as kind of a transformational moment for me because I was, I, I can't remember what year it was, if it was my sophomore, junior year in, in college, but I knew that I, 
I wanted to play. And I was fortunate enough to, to go into camp with, you know, uh, I think it was the earthquakes um, at the time. And I got, you know, I had a week with them where I, I trained. And so I, you know, got to know some of the guys and got a taste of it and just absolutely loved it. And then the, this game, this Open Cup game between the Galaxy and the Earthquakes, who were the two best teams in the league at the time, kind of jostling back and forth for championships and for, you know, kind of West Coast supremacy, but kind of league supremacy too. It had just everything. And you look at those teams, they had really good players and uh, a lot of a lot of guys that are still involved in the league at the highest level now. So, you know, that was seeing that game at Negoesco. Um, I was right on the field, you know, it's obviously a small field and, and they put in, brought an extra seat so you could sit around, you know, behind the goal. We were right on the corner flag. Um, and I think I saw Greg Vanny absolutely plow through Dwayne DiRosario like inches in front of me. And it was just like, wow, like the level was so intense. It was so high and to see it, you know, up close and to also know that I just trained with the earthquakes. I knew these guys, uh, you know, it was, it was special. Um, and it just gave you a sense of like, God, that's what I want to do. And the environment that night, the fog rolling in the small stadium, um, the high level of players. I mean, it was, it ended up going into a shootout and, you know, multiple rounds. I think it went maybe even cycled through everybody. It was, uh, it was incredible. It was an incredible night. Uh, and still to this day, something that, that made a huge impact on me. I, lo- I love hearing U.S. Open Cup stories that have inspired people. But after that, you were then your senior year. You were drafted locally by San Jose Earthquakes, and your very first year helped them lift MLS Cup as a rookie. What, what was that first professional season like, and how was the transition? Yeah, it was it was special. You know, I I was uh, I think I was taken sixth overall. Um, you know, back then it was tougher as a college senior. I think it was the first senior taken because there was, the rules were so favored towards taking underclassmen. Um, but I was, you know, a draft is a really, it was exciting, but also uncomfortable because you don't, your fate and your future is sort of held out of your hands. And so you could, you could be anywhere. Uh, so that was, that was a, a, a very tense sort of, like, I, I, you don't know, like maybe you don't get taken either. Um, so there's just a lot of unknowns and, um, you know, but to get taken by the earthquakes, it was, it was local. Like you said, I was able to stay close to, you know, friends and family. I was fortunate enough to graduate that December previously. So I could, you know, jump in and, and not have to worry about school. Uh, but I still was close to my friends. They could come to games. It was, it was a great setup. And, you know, at the time the earthquakes, they'd won the, uh, MLS cup in 2001, um, you know, had a, Got, got bounced out in 02, but, you know, had a great team. And it was like, how, how fortunate to get drafted into a, a situation like that with players like Landon Donovan and, you know, leaders like Jeff Agus and Richard Mulrooney, Ronnie, Ronnie Eklund. You know, we had, you know, besides myself, they brought in Brian Ching that year. They brought in Brian Mullen. Um, you know, we had a we had a heck of a team. Uh, Pat Onstack came in. So it was it was a really good storm, and so a good mix of veteran guys, a good mix of youth, and you know I just learned a lot. And sort of that first preseason, I wasn't in the starting group until very late. Eddie Robinson went down with a with an injury, and it sort of opened put an opening on the back line. Jeff Eggers slid from left back into center back, um, and it was sort of the opening that and the opportunity that I, I just kind of seized and. 
up scoring a goal in my first game in my hometown in Colorado against the Rapids. Um, it turned out to be the game winner. So it was kind of a dream start and really didn't look back. And I ended up playing, I think, all the 12 minutes that regular season. Um, but it took a toll as well. It was it was a huge challenge to jump from the college game, which was four months out of the year, to the pro game, which is you know closer to nine months, I think, back then. Uh, and that was, it, it took a toll because it's not just the games, um, it's the trainings and every day you have to, like the level is so much higher than anything you've ever been a part of. So that took a toll. So physically, mentally, I was, by the end of the year, I was absolutely exhausted and, and totally spent. Um, and so it was something I learned. I probably could have, you know, and should have put my hand up and said, Hey, I need a, I need a break. But as a rookie, you sort of don't want to show any weakness. You don't want to show, um, you know, kind of give up that spot in a way. And looking back, maybe that would have been a smarter move. But at the same time, um, you know, it was a great learning experience, a great year, and and to be able to win the championship and in my rookie year was a, was a real blessing, especially because the previous two seasons we had come so close at Stanford, going to two Final Fours, and, and not being able to get over that hump. Uh, so it was it was really special. I think a lot of people forget how great that early two thousand San Jose teams were. Um, just over the span of MLS time. But after that, you, you spent most of your career with the LA Galaxy going on to win four more MLS Cups, five total, second only to Landon Donovan. What do you remember most about your time in LA playing with the, the likes of Landon Donovan, David Beckham, Robbie Keane? What was special about your time in LA? And, and how hard is it to win at that level that many times? I think that's what you realize is how hard it is. Um, you don't take it for granted. And, you know, you, you get asked like, hey, which, which one's the most special? It, it got... Each one is even more special than the than the last because you know how difficult it is to get to that point. That's what everyone wants to do. That's what everyone's fighting for. And there's so many obstacles, not just from teams you're playing against, but internally of injuries and call ups and you know discord in the locker room. You know, coaches, all these things. Like you just, there's so much to overcome to to get there. Um, it's whoever can deal with all those obstacles the best. And and we. The team, you know, that Bruce sort of assembled throughout that period actually changed quite a bit. But we had we we had a core group that was really really strong, and it was a, a strong group of veterans, strong you know really good group of uh, of young players that were coming through, and Omar and Omar Gonzalez, AJ De La Garza, uh, and others. And then we had a strong kind of middle group where we had myself, Mike McGee. Um, you know, there was there were several players that contributed on that level, uh, Edson Buttle, you know, at different points. And then you had kind of veteran players, you had Landon, uh, you had, you know, Robbie, David, the the superstars. And at the time nobody had won with a DP. We were the first team to do it in two thousand eleven. Um, because it, the rules also you know, if you if you were to have three DPS, it would mean you had so much less money to spend on everyone else. So it was you, you ended up having yeah, you had these top heavy teams, but you didn't have you know as at least in the league at that time, the Houston Dynamo model was a little bit more the the trend in terms of or you know what was successful. You just kind of spread it out over a lot of guys, and you had better teams. We were kind of the first to break through that, um, and it was special because you know in two thousand nine we when we sort of re rebooted the, the galaxy a little bit, um, we went all the way to the final. We were the heavy favorites against Salt Lake, but they had this 
stronger mentality ended up winning winning the game uh, in penalty kicks. And you know, 2010 we came back hungrier, uh, won the supporter shield. I think we started the season with a crazy unbeaten run, uh, but ended up getting bounced out of the playoffs. And so it was sort of two years of build up of being a really good team. We lost in the final. We went to you know won the supporter shield. And then in 2011, we put it all together. And that year, you know, still to me was the best team I ever played on. Uh, we were so consistent from start to finish. We never had, you know, blips throughout the year. I think we only lost five games all season. We had six games in the CONCACAF uh, Champions League where we where we kind of battled through that and, and advanced. Um, and then we, we kind of marched through the playoffs and, and won the won the championship on on home soil, which ironically at the time like that was it was predestined that it was going to be in LA. So it was it was sort of something that we knew we had an opportunity, and and sure enough we took it. Um, and that was that was for me the best team. It was ended up being kind of my best year as well. I was best eleven uh, in MLS that year, and and it was just sort of the perfect the perfect season um, for the Galaxy and. and following it up that next year it wasn't easy because we we started a little bit slower to you know when you when you push that hard and you uh have that much intensity and then you kind of reach that summit there's a natural let off that that occurs and it did for us and there's a lot of factors in that but you know we really turned it around mid-season uh kind of at the end of may and just went on a tear and and and, and did it again in 2012 um you know, so it was it was special. It was it was certainly special. So that group, I think I think the big thing that we had we had the superstars, no doubt about it. But we also had the supporting cast uh, that held those stars accountable. That um, that that made everybody part of the team. And you know, you have guys like David Beckham who who you see the work rate that he put in in the, those playoff games. Um, it was it was another level, and he was doing doing everything and, and doing the hard work and, and that's what you need. And when you have your stars doing that kind of stuff, um, you know, Landon's always done it his whole career. You know, you have, have someone who's a winner like that and you've got Robbie Keane who makes a difference in, in every game he's a part of, um, you know, and then you have a, a defensive core like we had, especially with our, our group of, you know, we had myself on the left, we had AJ, uh, Omar and Sean Franklin. That was kind of our, our core court defense uh it was a pretty good recipe and you know for winning three out of four years it was it was uh it was it was special and it's something that you know you look back on as as one of those one of those things that you know one of those one of those groups of teams that uh it's gonna you know hopefully always be uh be at the forefront of the conversation in my opinion that was one of the best defenses i've seen in mls and i think a name that could be thrown in there as well is greg berhalter and i guess the leadership he showed to, to the younger guys like Omar and Sean to help really build what I think is arguably the best back line we've seen in MLS. Following your time as a player, you got the opportunity to work with the San Francisco Deltas in the front office. What what led to this opportunity, and did you always know you wanted to transition into a role, I guess, in the, the higher up in soccer business management? I didn't always know. You know, it's similar. Like, I didn't never had a master plan of, all right, here's what I'm going to do, and here's how it's going to go. It, it's sort of you know, things evolved over time and I tried to give myself the best opportunity. The player, you sort of, that's always the, the, the big thought is like, what am I doing after I'm done playing? Because you're, you've got a long life after that and your playing career is going to be relatively short. 
And so I, I tried to do things while I was playing that, that kind of took me out of my comfort zone a little bit, gave me some experience off the field. Things like being a part of the players union was really important because you get to see the business side of the game. You get to do, you know, have a different skill set and, and work on different things uh, that you're not used to, you know, and, and that was really beneficial. I did some stuff in real estate um, and just tried to learn as much I, as I could finances, um, you know, things like that, where you just kind of go out of your, go out of your comfort zone a little bit and get some skills um, that, that you maybe otherwise wouldn't have. And, and what I always tell, tell people is that, you know, as an athlete, you have way more skills than, than, you know, um, you acquire, you know, so many things that translate into the real world and you don't even know it. And that's teamwork. It's how to be part of a team. It's how to, you know, help the person next to you be better. It's communication. It's, you know, there's a, there's a laundry list of things that as an athlete you, you do on a daily basis, you don't realize how important that is in, in sort of the everyday nine to five world. So for me, it was, you know, do as much of that as possible. Um, and then, you know, I, I did, while I was with the Galaxy, I, I coached in our academy as well. I had a stint where I, I was the head coach of our U18 team and our U20s and, and really gave me a different perspective on the game. Um, got to see the game through a different lens and I think it made me a better player. Uh, ultimately, it was, the time commitment was too much to, to be able to do both, but it was a great experience. and also kind of made me realize that I, while I loved coaching and loved that side of the game, I loved the management aspect even more. And my skill set, I think, lends itself even even more on that front. So, you know, for me, I enjoyed that, that part of it. And on, on some level, I enjoy kind of helping the leaders and leading the leaders, uh, you know, meeting coaches and, and other folks like that. Uh, so when the Deltas, you know, I retired at the end of 2015, I was talking a lot with the galaxy about taking a job there, uh, creating a, creating a role there, um, talking to MLS, talking, you know, to, to other, other companies in the sports business. The Deltas came along and I, you know, initially wasn't overly interested because I didn't know a ton about NASL and, and lower division soccer. Uh, MLS was sort of all I knew, but the more I thought about it, what a great way to kind of jump in and, into like, you know, kind of a quote unquote startup where you, you get to wear a lot of hats, you get to work and operate at a really high level right away. And I got the opportunity to put a team together from scratch, to put a, a uh, coaching staff together from scratch, a, you know, backroom staff like trainers and medical staff. And I mean, that's just uh, to do that straight away. It was just couldn't have been a better jumping off point for me. And you know, the relationships that were created there were were uh, something that, you know, we'll always have. And we had one season, you know, of, of an opportunity and we and we took it on the soccer side. We, you know, we put something together that, that we we're very, very proud of. And it, it had a storybook ending on, on that on that front. You know, Devin Sandoval scoring on the last touch of, of NASL, scoring a goal um, to win the championship 2-0 and, you know, the fans storming the field. It was it was it was a beautiful sight and something we'll always remember. A little bit more on that is, 
what was that entire experience, I guess, like? Because you put together a really special squad with a really, really special coach in Mark Dos Santos, won the NASL, all the meanwhile the league is struggling and falling apart around you. I guess what was different or special about lifting a second division title with that group and everything that was going on versus all the MLS Cups you've lifted? Yeah, it's a totally different experience. But, I mean, for me, championships are championships, and they're special in that core group that you – that you go through that experience with and kind of reach that summit with, you you have that forever. And there's a bond there that you kind of always have. You never lose. And it is truly special. And, you know, the big thing with the Deltas was, you know, the biggest move and the the most important decision was, was sort of the head coach. And, and Mark DeSantos was a 10 out of 10, you know, on every level. He's, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about Mark. He, He's earned every accolade he's ever gotten and deserves probably fivefold what he has. The guy works hard. He's really smart in terms of tactics. He knows the game inside and out, but he's also that much, even that much better of a man manager and player manager and uh, knows how to toe the line between, you know, pushing guys, between putting his arm around them. He's got a certain way about him that he's in, he's infectious and players love playing for him. I mean, he, when, when we were recruiting him, I couldn't find a, I was waiting for the, for the sort of shoot a drop. It's like, all right, well, what's the catch? There's gotta be something wrong with this guy. And the more we dug, uh, the, the more obvious it became that he was just from top to bottom, he was the guy. And, uh, we were, we were very fortunate to be able to, to take him from swope and, Worked out, worked that out with them, and uh, he came in. He started a franchise, you know, in in Ottawa. Two, in two years, he took them to a final where he lost to the Cosmos. Then, you know, with Swope Park Rangers, took them to a final in their first season. So he he had done it before. He had started things from scratch before. Uh, he knew what that was about, and the project that we sort of presented to him, and being able to work with him, it was it was a great fit you know, for him as well. And uh, to win that championship was, was huge. And now he's he's got a great opportunity in L.A. and is doing a great job with LAFC. I, they, they sing his praises. Um, I knew they would. And I'm, I'm happy that he's doing so well and that they're doing so well. Yeah, absolutely. LA, that full that full staff is a pretty special staff with Antti Razov and, and Bob Bradley all put together. Um, did, did your time in NASL teach you something new or different about the way, I guess, U.S. soccer operates versus your time in Major League Soccer? Yeah, I think it opened my eyes on a lot of a lot of factors. I Again, like I said, I had only known the MLS world. Uh, so, to, you know, when I first started to get into it i was like all right well where's uh where's the list of salaries i want to see what everyone makes and they're like oh we don't do that <laughs> i used to mls that's every year you get the list of salaries you get to see what people make okay you can put the market from there so well, how do you set the market and they say well you just kind of figure it out and uh it was it was in some ways the complete opposite of mls in terms of uh control in terms of you know, mls is very in much a single entity set up, um, the league, you know, kind of runs things. NSL was kind of every team for itself. And when we first came in, there was very little sharing. There was very little communication between teams. It was very guarded. Uh, I think that's something we broke down a little bit. And it just makes sense for you, everyone to sort of share ideas and, 
you know, kind of get best practices. And, and that was something that improved over the two years we were there. But, you know, the big thing for me was like, there's a lot of talent in Division Two and, you know, in ASL and USL. There's talent in the lower leagues and not just on the field, but coaches, trainers, staff. Uh, does that mean everyone can make the jump? Of course not. But there's also, I think you're starting to see the little bit of the stigma go away of, hey, that, you know, uh, Gio, Gio Sabarese comes into Portland and he, he was, he was a Division II coach for, for years and years with the Cosmos and now he's taking Portland to, you know, uh, they, they, they've had a fantastic run and in his first year he's, he's doing great and you're seeing it more and more you know Orlando you know just just got a you know the Louisville Louisville coach and you're seeing it more and more uh, you know Mark's time is certainly coming there's no doubt about that any team would I, would I think be lucky to have him but I think what I learned was that there's a lot of talent there and it's important to look you know, if you can manage people, a lot of the job, whether it's coaching, management, other things, it's managing people. And if you're managing people and have that experience kind of leading a group, if you do it in the right way and you have a good process in place and you're going to be able to add those skills translate right over to MLS and, and, and division one. And, uh, and again, like I said, that's not going to be true in every case, but it, it did open my eyes that there was, there was a lot, a lot of quality, and quality at the end of the day is quality. It doesn't matter where you are. Uh, so I think that for me was was a big advantage, and having that experience, you know, I think is is something that's going to help me in my entire career. I think it's just something that a lot of us need to check out. Just watching USL and NASL will change people's perspectives on that. But after that, you moved on to where you are now in Sacramento, working with arguably one of the best organizations in USL, if not all of US soccer. What has your first season been like as the new general manager of Sac Republic? Yeah, again, it, uh, you know, it's a really fortunate to be able to, to to have to be a part of such a great club. I mean, it really is. It's it is. You know, I I've known I've been to Sacramento a handful of times and have friends from there. And I, one thing I always knew is they were so proud of being from Sacramento. Uh, this kind of Sac town pride that always existed. And now that I've been here and seen it. Um, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's it's a it's a special market, and this club is a special place within that market. Um, I very much see it in a similar, you know, light to to Portland Timbers. You know, the fact that they had the Trailblazers, and that was kind of their only, you know, top professional sports team. You know, we have the Kings in Sacramento, and and there's there's an opening there, and so okay, we get ten thousand fans to every game. Uh, People come out in droves, and yeah, everyone wants MLS, but we don't have it, and we're still getting ten thousand fans. I mean, it is they love this team, they love the way the the club is run, and they they support us in droves, and it's it's really special to see. I mean, when we announced Simon Elliott's you know kind of appointment as head coach, we had ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, they were all there, the TV cameras, and you don't see that in MLS markets, you know, there, I could name almost any market. You're not getting that kind of coverage and we're getting it for division two team in USL. It just speaks to how, how special this market is and how ripe it is for, for even more. Uh, so that's what's exciting is, is there's great people, there's great organization, there's great fans. I think we've got a great start, 
but there's so much more to come, and that's that's what's really exciting. The club made an amazing run in the U.S. Open Cup this season, and I talked to you after the Seattle upset, and you were confident this team could go on and beat LAFC and do it again because of the team's great mentality. The same could be said about the SF Deltas team you put together. How important is player mentality as a trait when you're building and valuing a, a roster? It's huge. I mean, it's absolutely huge. There's there's a lot of players that come across that, uh, you know, on paper you're like, oh, that's great. You scored a lot of goals, this and that. But once you dig a little bit deeper and you start going into the person, uh, maybe he's not a good teammate. Maybe he's, yeah, he gets his goals, but nobody else gets theirs because he's kind of shutting them down a little bit. And so you, you, that part, the mentality, the, the person that, that just was always the starting point. It was the starting point in San Francisco and it's, you know, the starting point here in Sacramento. You want a good locker room. You want a group of guys that want to go out and, and work for each other, that want to make the guy next to them better, that want to cover for that guy, that want to, you know, it's all of that. I mean, that's the starting point. And then from there, you, you build on it and you can build in the tactics. You can do all those things. But if you have a good locker room as a starting point, you're in a, you're in a, you know, it's a good place to, to kind of kick off because that, that now guys get belief from that. They, there's a, you know, a sense of optimism within the group. There's a, a strength, a unity, all of those things you can, you can develop. And if you put the right mix of guys together, it just, Everyone starts to play a little bit better. You start to get an extra one, two, three percent out of everyone. Uh, it makes a heck of a difference, and you know you just you're maximizing kind of performance, and now you're competing for spots, and, and everything kind of gets stronger. So it's it's never linear. It's never easy. You're always gonna have bumps and uh, obstacles, and it's you know again if you have that strong core and that sort of foundation, you're gonna overcome those uh, a lot. You're going to come out the other side a lot stronger than than most. Just to to finish up here, following the end of that Open Cup run with the loss to LAFC, the team seems to have gotten back on track in in USL play, kind of on a nice run right now. How far can this team go when they're at their best and and playing the way they did in the Open Cup? What can they do in the USL playoffs? Yeah, I mean, honestly, we we still have a long way to go. I think we're really we've, we've made a lot of strides. I think the style of play that that has kind of developed over the course of the season is really encouraging. We, we keep the ball, we, uh, but we need to be a little bit, a little bit more clever. Um, we need to read the game a little bit better and give a little bit with take what the game gives you and what the opponent gives you. And I think we're still learning those things and we're not there. We're by no means there, but I think we're, we're very much on the right track. You know, we've got a lot more in us. Uh, like everyone, we've, we've had some injuries. Uh, it'd be nice to get, you know, more guys back healthy and, and on the field. But at the same time, everyone goes through that, and, and that's just part of the game. But I think with our team, again, we've got that belief. We've got a, a strong locker room. So it's it's really going to be up to us if we can put it put it all together and and take it and kind of grab the reins a little bit. And I think that's... That's what we're all looking to do over these last, you know, 12 games uh, plus playoffs. It's uh, it's an exciting time. This is my favorite time of year. This is when you start to separate a little bit. This is when you start to see the cracks kind of unfold uh, within teams. And you know, the 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 job is to kind of push through that and you know be the last one standing. But for us, 
you know, we're not even thinking about playoffs yet. It's it's about getting our our team right, uh, and we we still have a ways to go on that. We we haven't by any means had it. We just had a game against Oklahoma where you know first half you you watch the game and it looks like we're the best team on earth. We come out in the second half and Oklahoma changes up a little bit on us and starts to press a little bit more. We don't react and and the game ends up one to one. And I think it was it was frustrating for everyone, but another sign that we've still got a ways to go. And those are things we're working on and. We by no means cracked a case yet, but I think we're I think we're on the right track, and and hopefully hopefully the fans see it. It's it's encouraging from my perspective to know that our players know that there's more within this group. Our, our coaching staff knows that, so that means we're we're going to keep working, we're going to keep at it, and we'll see how things kind of turn out. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and taking the time out today. I wish you nothing but success in Sacramento the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for having me on. That was Todd Donovan, General Manager of Sacramento Republic. That is all for this show. And until next time, keep supporting the beautiful game.